This is Brain Diet, episode 170, Lessons I Learned from Not Exercising. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, I am sharing with you lessons I learned from not exercising. Now, today, the day I am recording this, I am officially eight weeks since I had a surgery. I had a hysterectomy and it was something that I didn't plan on. I didn't anticipate and it just needed to be done. And so we did it. And I am officially eight weeks. And that was the recovery timeline that my doctor gave me. And man, oh man, the joy that I feel being eight weeks out, eight weeks recovered, and cleared to resume all normal activities and exercising and going to the gym and all the things. Holy cow, I am overwhelmed to tell you the truth of how grateful I am to have made it through and to be where I am in this whole process. I'm finally at the point, I'm at the other side where it's like, okay, now it's worth it. Everything that I have gone through is worth it. Now, knowing ahead of time, ahead of this surgery, what it was going to entail, uh, the surgery itself, as well as recovery, I honestly saw it as an opportunity to experiment a little bit. And I did my best to prepare and anticipate. Now, no one can adequately prepare for things like this that they've maybe never done before, certainly never had a hysterectomy before. But I did my best to say, here is what I'm going to anticipate for myself, and here is how I'm going to strategize for those specific things. And I outlined my plan a little bit in episode 159, which is when you're sick and can't exercise. And I lumped in the idea of having a surgery that might limit your ability to exercise as you normally do. And in it, I discussed what I anticipated. And a lot of it was spot on. The things that happened, I really was pretty on about how I would feel mentally and physically and emotionally. And even knowing and saying, okay, I am going to be fairly certain that I can anticipate this happening for me. It felt so much worse while it was happening. And it was such a great reminder for me that these mental struggles feel very real and they are, they're valid. But when you can have mental support and perspective, it's what makes them tolerable. And it doesn't take away the difficulty of them, but just having tools in place and having the outside perspective of, of a therapist, of a coach is really important to get through challenges like this. So now that I am officially, you know, cleared by the doctor, I am taking some time to reflect on lessons that I have learned from the last eight weeks, specifically regarding eight weeks of no exercise and not just no exercise. I wasn't allowed for eight weeks to lift anything over 10 pounds, which 
even without the gym, like my children are both over 10 pounds. I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old and I still hold them and love that I'm able to still do that. And carrying in groceries or helping my husband move something around the house. Like it really limited so much of my day-to-day life, this no lifting over 10 pounds. Normally, here is what my exercise look lo- looks looks like. I want to give kind of a picture of this whole experiment, this idea of this experiment of what my baseline is, what my typical exercise habits are, and then what I went into, which was this no lifting over 10 pounds. And then, you know, how it's kind of been reintroducing all of it. And so for me, my normal exercise habits, I'm involved in CrossFit. So there's a lot of resistance training. There's a lot of high intensity interval training. There is uh, heavy weightlifting. We can kind of push those numbers. One of the things I love about CrossFit, I do a lot of running. I do a lot of walking. And these things are, are reliably done about five times a week, five to six times, sometimes four, but, but usually somewhere in that in that zone of like four, five, six times a week. And with that, I'm usually walking about 10,000 steps a day. So that's my typical, what I've been doing for years, any combination of those things, four to six-ish times a week. With of course some variation, but that really has been the case for me for sure for the last three years I started CrossFit in 2019 so I guess we're coming up on four but before that I was still resistance training and doing a lot of similar things and I've really been going to the gym and doing intentional exercise for probably like 11 years so you can imagine I get this surgery I know my limitations I am told you can't lift anything over 10 pounds and then I had said in episode 159, one of the things that I was going to prioritize was walking. When I felt able, when my doctor said it was okay, just to do my best to walk because it was one of the only things that I could do in order to, you know, get some form of like physical activity. And I will say that I didn't prioritize walking because I was worried about any type of weight or body composition changes. I wanted to prioritize it because of the reasons that I'm going to go over today, of the things that happened while I was going through this uh, recovery that I knew would be partially mitigated if I was at least able to be outside and be walking. And so that's why I wanted to prioritize it wherever I could. But really, I wasn't able to reliably walk around for about three weeks. And so I had the surgery and it was three weeks of just downtime, of pain, of discomfort, um, it being a hysterectomy, I had incisions on my abdominal muscles. And so my core strength, um, was next to nothing. Even just like sitting up wasn't possible for probably about five weeks. I had to kind of like roll over onto my side to get up. And so again, I think ahead of time, I thought this would be a great opportunity to experiment a little bit, or at least to track some data simply because this is the longest period I've gone with such severe limitations in probably 11 years, even after having babies, I had great recoveries and felt back to normal well before the six week mark and was usually back to exercising by four or five, just because my doctor said, if you feel good, that's fine. And so this was the longest time I've ever gone. And I thought, okay, what a great chance to collect data because why not? (laughs) 
that's what I love. And I, I love assessing things like that. Now, I also have to say that as I am going over some of the things that I experienced, this information is anecdotal. This is my experience of recovering from a surgery. There are a lot of unique variables to me. However, I think there are a lot of universal principles that were reinforced as I was assessing how I felt. And I think that's why I was able to anticipate some of my symptoms and um, know what might happen simply because knowing a little bit about the way that bodies work, I understood what type of um, physiological processes might be affected by changing up my routine in such a dramatic way. In addition to this, I spent eight weeks not exercising, but a huge part of that, in addition to, is I was recovering. I was healing. It wasn't just stopping exercise for eight weeks. It was that plus a body that's undergone some traumatic surgery and is now healing and recovering and doing everything it can to repair what was done. So there are multiple variables contributing to this experience and contributing to my symptoms. But I'll mention again, I do think that there are some universal principles that were great reminders for me and are helpful things to keep in mind when it comes to your own preferred forms of exercise and movement. And I did my best to be objective about the experience and be as data-driven as possible. But of course, it could have been influenced by confirmation bias based on what I already know. So again, this is as neutral of data as as possible, but also there are some other um, elements that might make it not entirely legitimate. Regardless, I'm sharing it anyway, because why not? And this was just what I noticed and I thought it was really interesting. So the first thing that I learned after spending eight weeks with very limited physical activity is my stamina decreased. And this one was pretty objective. This is like very obvious. One of those situations of if you don't use it, you lose it. Where stamina and your ability to continue with intense exercise over time, if you aren't nurturing it, it's something that you can lose pretty quick. It's also something that you can gain pretty quick. And so I wasn't bummed out about any of these things because I had set up my mentality ahead of time to be really strong in place uh, as I encountered a lot of these changes. And so I went back to CrossFit for the first time yesterday and I got emotional. That's how like grateful I was for my body and for the fact that I've made it through the last eight weeks. But doing the workout, it was extremely noticeable how different my stamina was. Again, I wasn't upset about it. I knew it would be that way. I just was proud of myself. I was so grateful to be there. A second element to this that I noticed was that my strength decreased. Now, I don't think that there was a dramatic change in my uh, muscle mass, how much muscle I have on my body. Granted, I didn't do any type of like in-body scan before or after. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit more later. But objectively speaking, my rate of perceived exertion, what it felt like to lift a certain amount of weight was definitely different yesterday than it was, you know, I worked out the day before the surgery and it was drastically different. I imagine as with stamina, this is something that's going to pick back up pretty quickly because it's not necessarily building muscle. It's more just reestablishing that muscle memory. But it was really interesting to like see the weight on the bar and just be like, wow, this feels so hard. Isn't that so interesting that so much can change in how I feel in just a matter of weeks? In addition to that, the next thing was just that my muscle memory was quieted. I was able to kind of get back in touch with that mind-body connection 
relatively like quickly, just even as I started to, to do some back squats and to do some pull-ups and all the things. But it was interesting how there was this like stiffness that I had that from a lack of general movement, I was tighter, I was stiffer. I already have very like tight hip flexors. And so having next to no movement, stimulation, stretching, mobility in that area, at least, I was really stiff. And so it was hard to to feel good and to feel strong in these movements because everything just felt super tight. And after the first workout today, I feel more sore than I have in years. And that makes total sense, right? Because when it comes to muscle memory, there's a lot that can change. And so if you don't use it even for eight weeks or even for a couple of weeks, you get extra sore just because those muscles are like, oh, we're not being used right now. So we don't need to maintain, maintain ourselves. So it was really awesome to feel the mind-body connection. After so long, I mean, it felt so long, it was only eight weeks, which relatively is not that long, I suppose. But of not intentionally connecting my brain to my body, it was euphoric to be able to deliberately connect and and remind all my muscles, okay, do this and keep my knees out here and uh, you know, tighten here and brace here. And it was such a great reminder to me of how important that is, is feeling connected to your body. Because if there is a disconnect, it's often harder to take care of yourself. If you are not really connected mentally to the muscles in your body and to the tissues in your body with how they feel and thinking about them and checking in with them, I know it sounds a little bit like woo woo, but for someone that's worked out for a long time and then took a break like this and then came back to it, like, it felt, I, I literally felt more alive because I felt like my body was waking up. And so it just reemphasized how important it is to be able to, where possible, implement physical activity, specifically resistance training, especially for women. Now, some people may have limitations, especially in the autoimmune community. And so in cases like that, it's just a matter of saying, what can I do? How can I connect with my body? And starting there, it doesn't have to be extreme and it doesn't have to be um, super intense. But I think the overarching important lesson that I learned was the connection of your mind to your body to those muscles is enlivening. And it's so important. And it's something that can be lost relatively quickly. So in addition to these things, so these were more like objective measures where stamina, strength, um, that mind to muscle connection was kind of quieted. Outside of the gym, I noticed over the last eight weeks that my sleep quality really changed. I didn't sleep as deeply and I feel like I was more restless throughout the day and I woke up more at night. I also noticed that I wasn't at I wasn't as tired at bedtime and had a harder time waking up in the morning. Now, the compounding variable here is that I, again, was also recovering from a surgery. And so that is going to affect my energy levels and sleep quality to a degree. But exercise has been shown to improve sleep quality. And I noticed pretty dramatically how it just wasn't as good and I was feeling more groggy. And that leads me to the next thing that I learned was that I had 
much, much more inconsistent energy levels and an overall decrease in energy levels. So in the first couple of weeks after the hysterectomy, I was so sleepy. And my doc, my doctor told me this, I anticipated it and just planned accordingly. Um, so I was falling asleep a lot and that was really helpful. Sleep's one of the greatest forms of recovery for a body, whatever it's recovering from. But after I had gotten through those first two weeks of being just extremely sleepy all of the time, I wasn't feeling as tired, but I wasn't getting good sleep at night. I wasn't able to fall. I have been able to fall asleep so easily um, for most of my life. And again, some of the things that's lifestyle habits, others of it is just genetics and luck, frankly. I know a lot of people suffer from insomnia and different sleeping issues, but it was really interesting to have this contrast of my typical sleep patterns before and what they were when I wasn't exercising, when I wasn't lifting weights every single day, just about. And it was kind of frustrating because I felt lethargic and kind of just tired throughout the day, but then I would get to bed and not be able to fall asleep very easily. And so then I'd stay up later. And then in the morning I would sleep in a little bit later because I'd stayed up later and just the whole, the whole picture changed of my sleep. And I kept noticing I would wake, wake up more at night. And I thought that was so interesting. If you have listened to me for any amount of time, you know, I emphasize the importance of sleep and to have the contrast of what I did, of what it was like before with exercise and then what it was after, it just reminded me of how quality sleep is what creates a quality life. And especially with an autoimmune condition, it is one of the keys to recovery and healing. And so if sleep quality is compromised, then it can have a ripple effect to everything else in life. And so it was a great lesson where I was like, okay, this is confirming what I already know. Is this confirmation bias? It might be, but it still was interesting to me nonetheless. The next lesson that I learned from not exercising was that my overall cognition was affected. I'm still running a business and I took a little bit of time off, but I was still working, you know, throughout all of this and my ability to focus seemed like it wasn't quite as as there as like ready for me to grasp and I also felt like and again was this from the surgery and not exercising I don't know but I forgot more what I was doing I felt like every day multiple times a day I would walk into a room and forget what I was doing and that happens to me sometimes but not nearly as often is that the exercise I don't know again probably lots of variables here but I did think it was interesting And so it was difficult as I was going through things in my business where I wasn't able to focus. I wasn't able to just like hunker down and, and do what I needed to do. Next thing. And this is probably the biggest thing (laughs) is that my mental and emotional health really suffered. This is one that I did anticipate. I knew this would probably be the case for a variety of reasons for all of the emotional turmoil about having the hysterectomy when I hadn't planned to, um, about what it meant for me and my life and my family. And then the mental element of just the, the mental stimulation and the endorphins that I would be then lacking without exercise. So I would say overall the last eight weeks and really like the last month, I would say I was just much more irritable and much more down. I feel like the last week 
the last eight weeks, I've been very, very down and functioning at just like a pretty baseline level. And that's okay. I wasn't trying to ask too much of myself, but emotionally was where I was just really struggling. And so it was hard. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I knew this would happen. And still going back down into this space of mental and emotional distress and turmoil and depression, it felt so intense and so real and so unsolvable where it was like, this is going to be my life forever. I noticed this dialogue in my mind of like, this is never going to end. I'm never going to be happy again. I'm never going to feel well again. I'm always going to be broken. And I didn't try to talk myself out of those moments, but because I had made a plan ahead of time with my therapist and, uh, you know, just in my own brain of what I would anticipate, I had a plan for what to do in those moments. And it, it made it a little bit easier. Again, it was still really difficult and I've still, you know, noticed these residual just like mental health issues but it was pretty interesting yesterday just how like euphoric I felt all day and again that could have been because of the exercise itself or it was probably just for the fact that I was thinking all these thoughts about being done with this recovery and finally getting to move on with my life which is pretty euphoric thoughts but one thing that I do want to address because I've seen this um, a number of times on social media about exercise being a form of therapy and it is it has an effect on your mental and emotional health, no doubt, but it is not a substitute for therapy, for talking to someone and for looking at what's happening in your mind and analyzing it and making sure that those thought processes are healthy and useful. Because you're going to the gym and you are working your muscles and you are, you know, that leads to endorphins and a whole slew of other things, but you aren't necessarily working your mind. And there still might be a lot of messy thoughts and mentalities in there. And no matter how much you go to the gym, if you're not paying attention to those sentences, then you are missing a huge part of overall health and of mental health. And so, yes, while I agree that exercise is a form of therapy, and for me, it does have a huge impact on my mental health, it's not a substitute for paying attention to the sentences in your mind. And so, Keep that in mind if there is, if you are great at exercising, but maybe don't pay as much attention to your mind, it's just coming at your health from all angles. And so I was so grateful that I had a good therapist. I have a good therapist and was able to kind of work my way through this and just have a space to like talk and vent and express everything that I was feeling and know that it was going to be okay. And that I was safe, even though these feelings felt so big. I was really open with my husband about this as well ahead of time. And he knows, he knows me. He knows how I am with the gym, with how I am with working out. And so we had to revisit this conversation many times over the last two months. Like this is just a temporary hard time. This is just the surgery. This is the lack of exercise. This is not who I am now. This is not what our life is now. My husband was amazing and really stepped up with caring for the kids and running the house and doing so many of the things that um, we normally split and divide. And that was hard. It was straining on on that relationship just because of a variety of reasons. And so that was something that was really interesting when it came to not exercising. Now, again, I think a lot of that probably came from the surgery itself, but if exercise contributes to the quality of the relationship with my husband, even just a little bit, 
then that's another point for it. That's another reason that it makes it worth it to me of a variety of points, obviously. I also noticed that I was much more doomsday, which I've kind of already alluded to. This I very much anticipated. And I think it didn't help that it was really gray and it was really cold while this was happening. And it felt so real and it felt like the end. And to have a perspective now where I can, even though it's only been, you know, two days of going to the gym, but just kind of thinking to where I was last week, the week before, you know, the first week after the surgery, all of it, your depression and anxiety type thoughts, they feel very real and they are, they are sentences in your mind and the emotions are very real and no one should ever try to talk you out of those feelings, but having the perspective is what makes all the difference in navigating and working your way through them. So that was one thing that I wanted to mention just as I'm downloading all of this today. The next thing that I learned from not exercising is that physically, the way I looked hardly changed. I, again, in the name of data collection, took pictures beforehand and afterward. I took some yesterday, so like before and then after eight weeks, just because I love doing stuff like this to just see what changes. And they look virtually the same with the exception of the new scars that I have on my stomach. But they look virtually the same. In addition to this, my weight did not change. Now, it did fluctuate dramatically the first probably like two weeks, I would say. And it would go really high and then it would drop really low. I think there were a lot of like fluid changes. And again, I knew that would happen. And even I took pictures throughout the process as well. And you could see like when I was really dry and depleted of fluids. And then you could see when I was a little bit more like bloated. I had some swelling um, like all in my abdominal stomach area for a lot of weeks. And so the scale did change a lot. But at the eight week mark, my weight was literally the exact same as it was the day I went into surgery. This was without exercising. And this was one that I was thrilled to see because it just re-emphasized how what dictates weight loss or gain is not exercise. It is not how much you are exercising. It is not what types of exercising you are doing. It is what you are eating. It is energy balance. It is nutrition. It is the food that you are eating. It is the calories that you are taking in, the amount, because that relative to how many calories you're using in a day is what's going to determine whether you gain weight or lose weight. So this was an awesome experimental moment for me just to be like, okay, I generally am very active and probably burn a significant amount of calories. Again, not nearly more significant than what you eat in food, but a significant amount every day. And then I go from that to nothing to hardly any type of movement and my weight didn't change. It stayed literally exactly the same. <laughs> Excuse me. And I thought that was so fascinating. Here was the last thing that I learned that was somewhat of a positive, but really informative and in a way kind of a negative thing. But I don't know, just really interesting for me. I had more time with my daughter. So my daughter is four and she is starting school this fall. But in the mornings, she's not in school. She's with me. My son goes to school. And I had more time with her, meaning in the mornings we were just together when normally we would be at the gym together. She comes with me every day. Though I had more time with her, 
I was not present. It was difficult for me to enjoy that time and for me to to take advantage of it. And that was because my mental health and how I felt physically, so a combination of like the lack of exercise as well as you know the the pain and the discomfort from the surgery, they were not stellar. I didn't feel well. And so though I had more time with her, I I didn't feel well enough to be able to take advantage of it. And I'm sure I did at times and, and I am grateful that I was able to have a little bit more time with her. But there was a moment where I was like, man, am I missing out on her because we go to the gym every day? And I decided even if I am, I'm not the mom I want to be when I miss out on this crucial part of my day, of my routine, of my self-care. And it reminded me of the idea of quality time versus quantity of time. The mom that I am with her, when I am able to take care of myself in this way, when I'm able to exercise, is sublime. The quality is, is there. So just because I have more quantity time with my children doesn't necessarily make me a better mom. Now, again, this is my own personal experience, but it was something that I did notice and it was a little bit of a light bulb that made me feel a little bit better about taking her to the gym every day, that I love her and that for me to be the best mom for her and to show up for her and both my kids in a way that is in alignment with who I want to be, I need to take care of myself first. And it is such a cliche idea that I think is, is spouted around, especially like in motherhood communities. But in my experience through this process, it rang true for me. It rang true that I need this type of self-care in order to be the mom that I want to be. And because I haven't really had the chance to like figure that out for sure by not exercising for a significant amount of time, this was just a great lesson to just reinforce why I'm choosing to do what I do. With so many of these lessons and ideas and assessments from the last two months, a lot of it, I confirmed what I already knew. And a lot of it is coming from like very objective data. And then there were a lot of things that were a little gray, just me taking guesses, but things that I noticed nonetheless. But it showed pretty clearly the impact that exercise has on my quality of life, both physical and emotional and social for that matter. I get a lot of social interaction. I've got a lot of great friends at the gym and I get to see them every day and talk to them. And so for two months, I didn't get to do that. And that I think extended to then my declining mental health as well. I learned about the importance of nutrition over exercise, surely for the fact that I didn't gain weight. Now, did my body composition change? I don't know. I, like I said, I didn't do a before and after of some type of like, uh, measurement of that kind, but based on the pictures, I look very similar. I don't anticipate there was that substantial of a change. This was one thing that I mentioned in episode 159 was that bodies are resilient and we don't give them enough credit for how strong they can be for how long. And so I didn't anticipate much to change in terms of body composition, but I did when it came to mental health and I was right. (laughs) It's been a long road. I learned that my body is strong and does not backslide easily. And my body is capable and can do so many hard things. And so just as I was leaving the gym yesterday and as I was there today, I was filled with so much gratitude for my body and for what it can do. 
as a overall lesson, I feel like I have experience to give a personal recommendation for resistance training. Now, as a coach, I know a lot about resistance training, nutrition, and I make recommendations based on these things. And of course, I always make recommendations based on science and not based on just like my experience and what I think. But it did give me a little bit more uh, empathy and a little bit more understanding and a little bit more um, emotional connection to this idea of this is why I recommend this for these reasons that are data proven. But also, I can understand now a little bit having been on both sides, what it's been like, and I can use that to then recommend to you today resistance training, exercising if it's something that maybe you don't do regularly. And not because what matters is losing weight or to achieve it or to do anything external, but just for all of these other reasons, for the sleep quality, for the mental and emotional benefits, for the energy regulation, for the, you know, stamina and heart health and all of these things. There are so many benefits to exercise apart from what it might do for body composition. And to me, that makes it a tragically missed opportunity, a tragically unfortunate missed opportunity if people are not taking advantage of it. I will say again, this assessment of the last eight weeks for me, my experience is anecdotal, but if it's something that you enjoy, if exercising is something that you could put more emphasis, emphasis on, I'm going to recommend it here. Now you don't have to take my recommendation. You can do whatever you want, but looking at my own experience here, it was just something that I can say, okay, here's just more proof that it's really important to do these things, especially for women to get their bodies under some weight. I will mention again, if you have physical limitations, because those are very real, control what you can and take care of yourself mentally. If you are able to move, if you are able to be outside, do these things. And if you have the mental turmoil that comes with life, make sure you are paying attention to that and make sure you're taking care of yourself wherever you have control over. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, to all my rantings and ravings about the last eight weeks of not exercising, recovering from a surgery. It might have been uninteresting to you, but I certainly enjoyed reflecting on all of the data. So thank you for being here today. I'll talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.